You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. My name is Cara Zoyal. I'm from Krypton. Uh, everyone, this is my cousin. I guess you already know. Okay, I think I have this. Uh, Oliver. Green Arrow. Dig. Spartan. Thea. Speedy. And Sarah. White Canary. Jax. Sam Professor Stein. Firestorm. Uh, Ray. Palmer. Uh, the Atom. And Mick. Hmm. Oh, Heatwave. Uh, Always a pleasure to see you, Lucy. Hello. Family we've met. Lucifer. Morningstar. Consider us even, John Constantine. <laughs> Constantine. Is it? I don't care. Be ready. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me tonight is Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you tonight? You know, I'm doing pretty well. How about you? All right, Shatner. That was a little weird. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You are welcome. And uh, as always, unofficial, official third podcast host, Rob. Rob, how are you tonight? I'm ready. I got my boomstick. What is what is going on tonight? I thought we were quoting lines in movies. Do you know that one? Oh, that that's Army of the Dead. Yeah, Ar- Army of Darkness. Uh, yes. Darkness. Dang it. So close. <laughs> but you knew but it. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know it. It's, uh, one this of the... is my boomstick. Yeah. Hail to the king, baby. So uh, we are super excited to talk about... Uh, Paul's favorite movie of all time. This, uh, I would not say it's my favorite movie of all time, but it is definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. It is a unique movie. It is by one of my favorite directors. We the are Little Princesses? The Little Princesses, <laughs> yes, absolutely. We are talking about the 2010 romantic action comedy comic book video game movie, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Scott Pilgrim! Mr. Pilgrim. Mr. Pilgrim. So... This movie is a unique, unique, unique adventure. Unique New York, unique New York. <laughs> Hold on. We did the sound check already. We uh, did the sound check. But, uh, Ronnie, I think you and I actually saw it in theaters. Were you there? Wow. For, were you there for that? That's a possibility. On opening weekend, possibly? I think so, yeah. Then you were amongst the few the thousand few. that saw So, it. let's discuss that. Uh, we're, we're not going to do any news tonight. Uh, the news has been kind of few and far between, especially now that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is over. If you guys haven't seen it, we do have a full series review, not only as a podcast episode, which you can find uh, on our website, themisfitfaction.com. You can also find Rob's full series review um, and why he only gave it a three and a half out of five. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. But um, I believe that's for the because <laughs> they didn't change I the ending. Justify time. my reasons because they didn't change the ending. Title. My readers, the readers who are informed, understand. <laughs> Speaking of readers who are informed, do you have something planned for uh, coming up? Uh, I, not for this week. I actually I have to write a speech for. Um, I'm a keynote speaker at the high school's <laughs> national NHS induction ceremony, so my efforts are going to that this week. But uh, I will come up with. If something. you want, we could post that. Oh, good. <laughs> my inspiration. Inspirational speech to all the incoming NHS members. Stop vaping. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it'll be I, my time to shine. I, I, I could Stop take vaping. My, Do my, drugs. My, I mean, fa- my father's health teacher's advice. I could use that in the speech. His it was, "Hey kids, keep it in your pants." 
Wow. <laughs> when in doubt. Which is what Scott Pilgrim should have done, and we will get into that during this Good episode. Segue. Um, but if you guys haven't checked out some of our newest content, we did our first YouTube uh, video, and it came out mediocre. But uh, it was a good learning experience. We got an A for effort. <laughs> so, well, it was a collaboration between all of us from uh, the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures and producer Melanie from uh, Bibliophiles she's, Assemble. She's been elevated to producer status? She has hit producer wow. status. Wow. Yeah. Only Where because was I for this? Uh, you were too busy laughing at her trying to clap. Producer. <laughs> I have that video. It's hilarious. <laughs> she's director and producer. Oh, wow. Yep. And she also has the most followers on any of our social media, so she wins. Yeah. But... Um, so uh, if you guys haven't seen that, it's actually the content itself is, is fantastic. The audio is great. The visuals need a little work. We'll work on that. Yeah. And, uh, gotta, that's what you get when you're starting some, off. Yeah. Get some decorations in here. Uh, I'm going to get a green screen. Something put color. it on the list. Yeah. But um, so we are still working on different projects and different uh, endeavors in the network. So yeah. keep a lookout for those. Uh, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, you can find us at the Misfit Faction. You can also find our Twitter, which is Misfit Faction, and our YouTube, which is also the Misfit Faction, but it's the Misfit Faction Media Network. So uh, we are going to jump. We're going to go through the movie. We're going to go through the plot, the characters, um, what happened with this movie. And the, by the way, the reason we're doing it is because we're celebrating its 10th, 10th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. 10 years ago, this movie came out August 13th. Uh, excuse me. Uh, not August 13th. Yeah. Well, no, what? the release date was in it the was, United States. It was, it oh was yeah, August, August 13th. August 13th. Uh, but they are doing a re-release, I believe, this weekend. Yes, yeah. they are releasing the 10th anniversary Blu-ray and DVD edition. Yeah, with and, some and added, in theaters with, too, which is even cooler. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I did yeah. see that, and and I know Edgar Wright has added some uh, extras onto the Blu-ray for some like an alternative alternate ending and stuff. Well, like so that. when we get to the ending, I'll tell you what the alternate ending is because mm-hmm. it, it it is on the DVDs. So I, I have seen the alternate mm. ending. Um, I, I much prefer what they did. We'll discuss. We will discuss. So um, before we do anything, though, we're going to jump into, um, obviously, first is the director, Edgar Wright. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a huge fan of Edgar Wright. Absolutely. I love mm-hmm. his um, his over-exaggerated storytelling. Yeah, the Cornetto trilogy is really just, you know, and by the Cornetto trilogy, we're referring specifically to Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Which yeah. are just a, a near-perfect trilogy of movies. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I also love uh, Baby Driver. I'm a big fan of Baby yes. Driver. Um, Even sp- I, I've been watching for the first time his uh, television show Spaced. Yeah, uh, I've heard Simon very good Hague. things about it. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm working my way through it. It's it's very. He's clearly talented. Yeah. I'm I'm really upset we did not get to see him do Ant Man. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're interested, you can find on YouTube his test footage that he directed for Ant Man. It's about a minute long, and just to cite that, like. You know, I don't know how many remember, but when Ant-Man was first announced as being a creation by MCU and being inducted in, no one really knew how to do Mm Ant-Man. And Mm -hmm. he was the guy that figured it out. You know, he he shot test footage showing him, you know, blowing up and getting small and punching people. And everyone went, ah, that's it. That's what we're going to do. Well, that scene was was put into the movie when uh, it obviously cleaned up. You know, it was more test footage. Very similar to... uh, the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, test, yeah. yeah, the Deadpool yeah. that got leaked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, By still, him. Do, still don't know who. But Edgar Wright is is just brilliant, and uh, I know he's working on his new film right now. Um, I can't recall the title, but I know it's got a lot of big names in it too. Yeah, so. he he doesn't have a very big uh, filmography. Is it? It's either. Uh, I think it's Last Night in Soho. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, but uh, he does not have a huge filmography. But I really enjoy his style, and you know. That that over exaggeration, like you know, when Ramona's like washing her hands, and you hear whoosh, whoosh, like yeah. all those very yeah. like loud. Mo- 
Hot Fuzz is probably my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Really? Yeah. See, for obvious reasons. Oh, for obvious. That's true. But um, I am in the minority on this amongst the Cornetto. I trilogy. will say I love World's End. If that's where I you're going, I love World's End. I just rewatched it recently, and I really think it. I think it falls apart a little bit at the very end. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's so brilliant, and it's it's got so many deep themes to it about you know getting older and and leaving things behind, and and he's. Edgar Wright is such a great visual storyteller, which is where his strengths lie, mm-hmm. which is why he's the perfect person to direct Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott Pilgrim, let's let's do a little history on I'm, – I'm not too – I know, Rob, you've been reading the graphic novel. Oh, yes. Um, and I believe you mentioned that this um, – the movie was created before. Yeah, Scott. I, I actually I, I did a deep dive this week on the Scott Pilgrim. Uh, uh, I guess you would classify it almost as anime. Yeah, um, it's more of a, yeah. a manga. Manga. Uh, manga. Thank you. Uh, anime would be the the, the uh, media of yeah. it, whereas the manga is the books. Um, yeah, there are. There's three major volumes, uh, and each volume has around, I'd say, 20 or, no, about uh, 12 uh, issues in it. Uh, so I think the the Scott Pilgrim series, for the as far as the film is concerned, it covers about 36 to 40 issues of the comic. Um, and it's they didn't finish writing it um, when the movie came out. In fact, I was watching an interview with Edgar Wright that said he was. it's kind of like a Game of Thrones situation where they had outlines of stuff and they knew where stuff was going. And they had all the foundational stuff in the beginning, but they could interpret the rest any way they wanted. Mm-hmm. And they some stuff is similar, but there's a lot of variations uh, in the comic between the two. Um, and it's, it's neat. It's, I highly recommend the comic. Yeah, so... We, we've discussed very, very, uh, very much recently Zack Snyder. Mm. Um, Rob's already like, no. <laughs> but uh, the oh, reason I, I didn't know I, I didn't take my Zoloft before this <laughs> Prince Valium. But yeah, right. um, so uh, the reason I bring that up is because Edgar Wright is a better example of how to take a comic book property and mm. and match the incredible visuals without overdoing it like like Watchmen I enjoy Watchmen for the most part it's not a movie I can just throw on on like a rainy Saturday unless I want to be even more depressed but um it's a great example of you know scenes from a comic that come to life Mm-hmm. But this is a story from a comic yeah. that comes to life, and I, and that's the big difference. Yeah, Zack Snyder is very good at imitating the look of comics. You know, sort of like uh, Sin City imitates the yeah. look of the mm-hmm. of Frank Miller's comic. Um, but he's not very good at the storytelling aspect of and it. And Edgar Wright is is a is, is a great yeah. example of the. I I feel like he writes a script around the visuals he yeah. wants to do. Uh, Baby Driver's an even better example. Like oh, yeah. He did the soundtrack yeah. before he did the movie. He's like, these are the songs that I want to use, and then he built the scenes around those songs. Yeah. Zach, my argument, I know you're going to be upset by this, but Zack Snyder does great visuals for the sake of looking cool. Like, I think look at how point. awesome this is. Yeah. Whereas uh, Edgar Wright does visuals for, not just for looking cool, but because there's emotional... Uh, heft and heart behind it. Well, you know, like I'm not, I'm not upset yeah. by that. I, I, I agree to a point. You know, but as we always say, the rule of cool always abides. And, you know, but there is a limit to how much you can do something because it looks cool. Yeah. Um, like uh, the Mandalorian is a great example. Spoiler alert for season two of Mandalorian. Look out. Um, the Luke Skywalker cameo at the end, which yeah. most people know already happened, but the visuals of that are fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's also. It's not like they did that every episode. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. 
So I was, uh, I did not know anything about the property before seeing this movie. So I, yeah. I went in basically completely blind. Um, and if you just went on based on the trailers, you, you really didn't know what you were getting yourself into. No. no. This movie, like the second Wallace says fight changes a trillion percent Mm -hmm. um you get little nods and a little hints like you know like the sound effects appearing in the air like the 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 doorbell rings it's ding dong um all the characters get their like their info yeah um it reminds me of a jumanji the next level yes with uh you know the video game aesthetic this is a great example this is more i consider this more of a video game movie yeah than a comic book movie and video game movies not so good according to mortal Kombat recently from what i've heard Actually, uh, Mortal Kombat was actually was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think it was a good start to a new franchise. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll also defend the original '95 one. <laughs> I love yeah. that movie. Is well, just that's got che- charm to it. It's yeah. got a very cheesy charm to it, and it's still, but for the most part, it still holds yeah. up surprisingly well. Um, it's funny too because the, yeah, like you were saying at that moment when he says "fight," there's very few movies that can take a genre change in the middle of the film like that. One other film that I can think of is um, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino's "From Dusk Till Dawn." I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember mm-hmm. that. Where before then it was like a thriller and it was like you know a, a disturbing serial killer you know kind of chase, and then all of a sudden it turns into a horror movie with vampires. vampire strippers. Yeah, and, and that comes out of nowhere, and and that this kind of has that sort of same genre a shift to it yeah. mm-hmm. Salma Hayek with a snake though <laughs> yeah but um so let's uh we'll run through the cast now that we've talked a little bit about um you know Edgar mm-hmm. Wright um we'll also talk about the budget for this movie and the kind of the cult status of it um so starting off we have Michael Sarah as the title the titular character excuse me Scott Pilgrim Scott Pilgrim is sorry you said titular <laughs> I thought you were gonna make fun of me for, for missing it up the first time but um he is a 22-year-old slacker. He is uh, – I, li- I do a YouTube channel called uh, Cinema Wins. If you guys haven't heard of them uh, or checked them out, they're fantastic. And they did – I think they did a two-parter on this episode just because it's such a great movie. But um, he's one step away from living in his parents' basement, basically. <laughs> like, literally, he lives across the street from his parents' yes. basement. So um, he's a 22-year-old slacker. He's now – he's dating a high schooler. That's literally the yeah. opening the – yeah. opening. The opening to it. Scott Pilgrim was dating a high school, seventeen-year-old high school student. I'm trying to remember. In the movie, do they ever talk about his parents? No, no. Okay, because in the comic, his parents are there, but they're in Europe for the most time, <laughs> and no one's in the house. And they, but there's also flashbacks to him when he was young. Because in the in the mo- in the comic it takes place over the course of a year but then there's flashbacks to him when he's in high school when he's in college and everything so the, the closest you get is when he's with uh ramona and goes you want to see where i grew up no, he's oh, like, that's, that's knives oh that's was it knives, knives. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. points across the street <laughs> well fun right facts there. about that scene <laughs> shot in two different locations i believe it yeah. Yeah. yeah they they shot the exterior of the house on you know on one lot and then so. Mm-hmm. I have to say too, if and I was showing the guys this before we started, um, in the comics, it is so amazingly accurate in the film. Like his his the front door to his apartment looks exactly like it does yeah. in the comic. His house, like like the the inside of his room with him and Wallace. Um, Edgar Wright was able to rebuild things incredibly to to just perfection in in terms of recreating. Or even just like it. the little details, like showing the uh, the hole in the in the moon. Oh, that Todd yes. mentioned. Yeah. So like whenever the, you see the, the, whenever you see a full moon, you see it. Um, yeah, there's two there's two holes in the moon because he did it that twice actually in the comics. Yeah, but in, yeah. in the movie he only does it the <laughs> he only one does time it the once because he's vegan. But um, <laughs> he's fun vegan. fact also, Superman. 
Superman's a vegan? Superman's a vegan. Tell to the cleaning lady on Monday. <laughs> but uh, apparently Brian o- Lee O'Malley, the guy who created yes. it, he um, he was involved with the project, mm-hmm. and he told all the cast members some secret about their character that nobody knows. Yes, I've heard this too. Go ahead. Yeah, one of them was about, I know one he told to uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead about Ramona, about the uh, the shoelace she wears. Oh, yes, with, so, about the death of her younger brother. Yes. Very so good. I'm impressed you knew that. Yes. Oh, well, I... <laughs> I'll be honest. This, like, I, like Ronnie said at the beginning, this is one of my favorite movies. I love yeah. this movie. Um, I think it's it's beautifully. Wait written. a minute. Hit me. In the last podcast, you said Spaceballs was one of your favorite movies. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> top top five. Like the, these movies. I was here. I heard you. I know you were in the background. I'm gonna have to edit you out. <laughs> but um, this this movie, yeah. I, I definitely have done a lot of reading about, and just I really enjoy stuff like that. This movie is also at the same time, uh, Kickass was out. And they they always remind me of each other to some degree. Yeah, it's a fair comparison. Um, especially because I have read the Kick-Ass comics, mm. which are even darker. I've read mm-hmm. them. Yes, they are brutal. At, at some point, we're going to do a, an episode on Kick-Ass. I know it's on our list um, and its sequel, but also we're going to do a dis- – I think on our list is a discussion about uh, rated R movies or rated yeah. R comic rated book R movies. Rated R comic um, which is a, a great conversation to have, especially now, because now now we passed that threshold and we're yeah. running past that sure. threshold. Um, like even this movie, even though it's a PG thirteen movie, they could have made it an R movie. I, it, been, I yeah. heard actually, I was just reading that it was very close to being an R movie. They had to actually cut um, uh, somebody's using the F word, and then it was because the the phrase that uh, Scott uses to uh, number three, the vegan, when he calls him you cocky cock, yeah, yeah, was yeah. enough to push it almost to the R rating, and then they had to cut everything beyond that. Which mm. is weird. It's like such a such a <laughs> Which PG. is yeah. another thing directly from the comic, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, you punch the highlights out of her hair. Yeah. <laughs> and the highlights are actually Which, on there. Uh, they reassign yeah. that. Actually, in the um, comic, uh, his girlfriend, Envy, is the one that punches knives. Oh. Yes. We don't use the en- the E word in this house. Envy. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. This movie was such a bomb, too. It opened up, I believe, at number five that weekend yeah. in the box office. I think this movie was... Like we were talking about in our Spaceballs episode for Cinematic Adventures, that uh, it was this movie is, was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it missed... It was, you know, we were still at the really, like, the start of the comic book renaissance. Because what else was coming out in uh, 2010? 2010. Well, we were, it was only two years after Iron Man. So and Iron ba- Man. And Batman, The Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Um, like, so we had those movies. But this movie, especially with the, ca- the cast alone. Cast oh, yeah. Astonishing. Like, this is a great cast. And let, let's but, but continue. But didn't have any of those. They weren't big names in 2010, some, some of them were. Chris Evans was still a pretty big name. That was um, it. You know, Brandon Routh was just kind of coming off Superman. Michael Sarah kind of was big because of Arrested Development and mm. and super, super bad, bad super bad, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thoughts on Michael? I I actually don't have a problem with Michael Sarah. I think he's a, he he play he definitely plays his type. Yeah. But uh, except in uh, uh, what is it? This is the end. Yes, he was hilarious, and yep. this yeah. is the end where he just plays the the most obnoxious yep. parody of himself. I, I'm an enormous Arrested Development fan. Yeah, it's, it's I've a good show. I quoted it endlessly and watched it several times. So I, I loved him from that. I have mixed feelings with him in this film because there are moments where he really does strike that um, Scott Pilgrim insecurity, which is so key to this movie. Mm-hmm. And I love him in the fight scenes, but there's some times where he's just a little too meek for Scott Pilgrim that Scott Pilgrim in the comics and, and even in the movie does have sort of this slight arrogance to him that Michael Sarah doesn't always have. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim's not a likable 
He's yeah. not designed to be a likable yeah. character. He's supposed to grow and change throughout it, and by the end, you're supposed to like him. But it's it's a rough go, and that's why uh you know we were talking about the world's ends. That's why a lot of people were turned off by the world's end because Simon Pegg's character in that is just he's just an ass. Oh, I love yeah. his character in that. Oh, I do too. Like like I appreciate it because you know it's such a 182 from Hot Fuzz. Yeah, from, from every every <laughs> yes. every role that each each of those characters like uh, Nick Frost a little less until yeah. the world's ends, but um like they all play different characters, and that's what's fun about it. But uh, yeah, Michael Sarah, I think for me, he he nails the role enough, and uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, I, I will always laugh at the him putting on his hat. Yes, <laughs> hair's getting shaggy. My, it is. Favorite. My favorite is the bread makes you fat. I, yes. what, I, I oh, think yeah. we posted that on the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's everyone's reaction when you hear that bread makes you fat. Everyone goes, bread doesn't make you fat. <laughs> you fat. No, it doesn't. So uh, garlic bread at every meal. Yeah, all no, right. I just eat it all the time and never stop. But uh, going down the list, we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers. Uh, full disclosure: I have a huge crush on her. I think she's fantastic, and I, I really think a lot of us at this table would probably yeah. agree that we have a crush on her. Yeah. And uh, blue hair, Ramona Flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Woo. Gets you blue. Easy. Oh, this is a family show. That was gross. Blue in the Why would face. I be holding my breath? Yeah, see, I was with you. But um, <laughs> she, uh, she, I do like her. I think sometimes she's a little too standoffish and aloof in this, mm-hmm. and a little too playing hard to get. Because in in the comics, and I'm sorry, I keep going back. No, to no, that. no, please. In that's, the comics, no. she's actually a lot more likable. Um, she does have, you know, she she comes across as damaged but likable, whereas in here, she comes across as damaged and like standoffish at mm-hmm. times I, you know what and it's the same f- feeling you have for uh, what's her name who plays Captain Marvel oh Brie Larson Brie Larson, yeah, Brie Larson who's and the Adams in this yeah. Yeah. but it's that same sort of standoffishness that I don't care for that I, I think she doesn't she, she gets away from it at times and and you know especially mm-hmm. at the end with Gideon yeah uh, but some but she's serviceable she's good enough in yeah the, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we have Kieran Culkin, who uh, as well as Wells, and he steals the movie for Kieran me. Kieran Culkin oh, is yeah. a treasure. He is like the loyal best friend, but at the same time, the call you out on your crap yeah. best friend. Uh, one of my favorite favorite movie moments of all time is when the phone rings after he gets off the phone with Envy, and it's Knives. <laughs> yeah. And she knocks on the. You know what? You're outside. Sorry. He opens the door, and you just see, is Scott here? You know what? And well, he closes he the door partially. Yeah. Scott jumps out the window. We yeah. just left. We quote that all the time in yep. this house. Like Kieran Culkin absolutely nails Wallace. That is exactly like him in the comics. Wallace again. Mm-hmm. Uh, going down, we have uh, Chris Evans uh, as Lucas Lee. He was probably one of the bigger names mm-hmm. in this movie when it first came out. And it's... was he Captain America yet at this point? No. Uh-huh. Oh wait, me. Twenty ten to the internet. No, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, well, I see on your wall, Captain America, the Winter Soldier came out in 2014. So I'm guessing Captain America probably came out in 2012. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they might have announced it at this point, but. Uh, he was probably just in The Losers at this point. I love that. That's another. Yeah, that's, I, that's, a, that's on our list. That's an un- Fantastic un- Four. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He is in Fantastic, Fantastic Four. That was his big his one. Yeah. Not another teen movie. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, actually, The Losers is a very underrated movie. The Losers, I do like the unfortunately, losers, yes. the lo- we saw it in theaters. Yep. The Losers came out at the same time as The A Team. Like, yeah, which both both serviceable movies. I, yeah. I you know, but like they they cannibalize each other. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like Deep Impact and Armageddon coming yeah. out at the same time. Like, yep. unfortunately, there were there they were too similar. Mm. But The Losers is a, definitely an underrated gem. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll definitely talk about it at some point. Um, we have uh, Anna Kendrick as Stacy Pilgrim, who's not given enough to do. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say who's. 
probably the second biggest person to come. She uh, wasn't. This was before Pitch well, Perfect. Well, no, so. no, I know that. I'm just saying though. She's the second. Like, if you go down this list, she's probably the second. One of the yeah. Oh, obviously, Chris names, Evans yeah. is the yeah. biggest, and then talking nowadays, Anna Kendrick and, yeah. and future hopeful Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. love her as Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Everyone would. Yeah. She doesn't know anything she, about it. No. Yeah. Like she said, I don't know anything about Squirrel Girl. Everyone keeps telling me I'm supposed to do this. I don't think I'm ever going to do it. She that's, would be perfect. perfect. She would be. She would be really good. She's not given enough to do in the movie, which is unfortunate. There's yeah. there's a lot of, you know, Scott Pilgrim comic is about a thousand pages that they're covering in this film, mm-hmm. um, and, and they're cutting it down to you know a two hour runtime. So you have to cut some things. But she's got a lot more to do in the comics. There's other like there's a, a, a Lisa who's a, a former high school friend of his. There's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, what's her name. Um, Allison Pill, mm-hmm. uh, the drummer. Kim. She's Kim. Kim. Kim's got like huge plots in the comic yeah. that they had to cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Brie Larson as Envy Adams, which does in, not look like her. I was just gonna say that. Right? I, I, even though I knew, because you guys shocked me a couple weeks ago. You're like, you know that she's in Scott Pilgrim. I'm like, no, she's not. And even when wa- rewatching it this week, I'm like. No, that can't be Brie Larson. You it's, are incorrigible. I can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't like it doesn't look, look like, her. like her in the no. slightest. She she's very slender in this, and uh, but it's even a, in the face, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's, it's I don't interesting. See her. No, um, we have we mentioned. Oh Allison. wait, real oh, quick, ahead. quick fun fact on Hit that. It. To prepare for the role, she watched the Adult Video Awards. And watched all the performers from that, and not not their videos, but watched them yeah. at the show to sh- to to sort of get that arrogance that they all have, and this yeah. sort of like I'm so you know I'm amazingly sexy and better than everyone else. Uh-huh. She said she watched the AVNs for inspiration as to how to speak and walk as that character. Well, one of my favorites is uh, when you first see her and she's standing in front of her own poster in the yeah. same pose, and she just <laughs> walks in that pose. Oh. Okay, I'm totally jealous. <laughs> but uh, we mentioned Allison Pill as uh, Kim Pine, uh, Aubrey Plaza. I love, I love Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. She's really funny oh, as uh, God, Julie, yes. and I, still one of my. You love fa- her in this, or you love her just in general? In general, in general. Yeah, why? why? Help me to because I kind of like her. Parks like, and Rec. I haven't Mike, watched Mike and Dave. Mike and Dave what's, need what's, a wedding date. Wait, what, oh, Mike and Dave. I haven't yes. seen that. that that's um, a fun movie. But I just, I just. She kind of plays the same character and everything, oh, like yeah. that snarky, snarky kind of hot like, nerd. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, I feel like is kind of relatable to me. I don't know about the hot part, but the snarky part, like I'm don't like, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I just, I just Look at him love fishing that. for compliments right there. No, no, I wasn't fishing <laughs> for compliments. I was just saying, like that, like snarkiness. I just love that, really? and I, I had more of a crush on her. Than Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Really? Wow, that's really because yes. I have to say, I, I is it because she could do that thing with her mouth? <laughs> what can she do? That's the when the, she's where saying she, like, when she keeps dropping out. the f bombs. Oh, right, right. And Scott goes, "How are you doing that with your mouth?" No. Do you know what you that know? sound is that she's doing? What is that sound? Rob? I read about this trivia. That is the uh, sound that you that your computers would make when they were doing dial up and connecting to a modem. I also yeah. like. There are a lot of fun sound effects yeah, in this yeah. movie. Uh, Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog's used. Uh, yep. Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Zelda. The Universal theme when Chris yep. Evans walks out. But I, I gotta, I gotta say, just to wrap that up, I, I still don't totally get. Uh, is it Aubrey or Audrey? Aubrey. 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 I thought so. Okay. Watch Mike I, and Dave need wedding ba- dates, or yeah. even yep. though it's a terrible movie, Dirty Grandpa. You'll yes, get it. you'll get it. Really? Yeah, yep. you'll get it. 
like I, I cuz she does always play that same character and, and yes. sometimes a lot of times it grates on me but all right I'll give her she's, a shot. She's she's yeah. way different in Mike and Dave Neewood. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Dirty Grandpa she just she she hoses it up a little bit. Yeah. Um we have Brandon Routh as Todd Ingram and I love he's this was this was him as Ray Palmer-ish, like that same kind yeah. of humor. Um, oh, but he's so cool in this, though. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love like, it. Like, I watch him, and I'm like, I kind of want to be him. Like, dumb dumb jock, <laughs> dumb, mm-hmm. dumb handsome jack jock, yeah. and he plays the bass, you know. He's just... got that great hair. Oh, he does have great hair. <laughs> yeah. But it deflates at the end. Uh, Jason Schwartzman as Gideon Graves, the main bad guy. Jason Schwartzman playing Jason Schwartzman. Pretty yep. much. Um, Johnny Sim- Simmons as young Neil. Where how where do I know him from? He was in uh go, the only thing I really know him from because he looks so familiar. And I uh, place it. He was in Evan Almighty, that no. was a dumb movie. Uh, no. Parks of Being that. a Wallflower. Uh, the one I know him oh, from is um, come on, I can do this. Is uh, Jennifer's Body? Okay, I Twenty One Jump I, Street. No, I think I know the only him from cameos Perks. in. Uh, I think I know yeah, him from but... Perks from Being a Wallflower, which yeah. is a really yeah. deeply underrated movie. I and love book. that movie. Yes, yeah. and, and book. book. Which and book. fun fact on that? The author directed that film. Yeah, which can be a good and bad thing. There and have been examples. Good. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head of where the uh, Stephen the... Chbosky. Uh, but um, I I like Johnny Simmons. I want to see him do more. He's mm-hmm. really funny in uh. Jennifer's Body, oh, yeah. another underrated mm-hmm. cult classic kind of movie. Uh, we got Mark Webber as Stephen Stills. I love Stephen. I love that it's Stills and it's Stephen Stills and Young Neil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do love when uh, he's like freaking out while the other band's playing and it's doing is, the captions. Yeah, very comic accurate. Actually. And uh, when, when Scott just smacks him, we need to play loud and uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we have uh, My Whitman, another actress who a uh, little bit more well known now. As uh, Roxy Richter. And also an Arrested Development alumnus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of the best lines in the entire movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, boy, does she know me. <laughs> you and her? It was just a face. Just a face? You had a sexy face? <laughs> I feel like we just washed our dirty laundry in front of everybody. But uh, we have Ellen Wong as Knives Chow in her feature film debut. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to ruin these names. I'm so sorry. Sacha Baba as Matthew Patel. Ramona's first evil yes. ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saito twins as Kyle and Ken Katanagi. Which I read that neither of them knew English, mm-hmm. and Edgar Wright was trying to direct them through, and he said that a lot of it was just hand gestures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got uh, Nelson Franklin as Michael Como- Cuomo. Cuomo. Who's that? He's uh, the one that he's like, hey, Cuomo, you know everybody here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. And it's- Weirdly enough... His character in the comics looks like that actor. That's awesome. That's funny. <laughs> He's uh, the hipster type character because yes. yeah. uh, when uh, Scott goes to the end of the level, he uh, he's making fun of things and then yeah. he does it again. Um, we got Bill Hader as the voice. Yeah, which is great. Wait, what? Bill Hader's the narrator. When when is there a narrator? No, I don't remember this. In the mysterious land of Toronto. Oh, at the very beginning. Yeah. But also he does it when um, Scott earned the power of love. That's Bill yeah. Hader. And also when um, and self-respect. The, the haircut scene. Scott yes. is duly aware that his oh, last okay. salon haircut was... Yeah. I read this too, that in the beginning, there was originally a prologue where they introduced all the characters, and hmm. Quentin Tarantino said, it's not a good idea, you should do just something else, because the audience will feel overwhelmed, and it was his idea to scale it back. He also showed it to Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. Yes, hmm. they were some of the first people to see it. The, the problem with doing something like that with a big... This is an ensemble cast yeah. movie, 
Like you, you can't remember. You don't remember anybody. No. But um, let's see. Going down, we have uh, Eric, now we're in kind of now like the B in. list. But yeah. I do want to mention Thomas Jane as uh, oh, yes. one of the vegan police yeah. officers, which is hilarious. And then uh, some of these, we got uh, Michael Lazarich as some guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's I don't know. Remember the name, but the drummer from um. Uh, Clash at what, what are there? What's the Clash of Demon Head? The Clash of yeah. Demon Head, the drummer, mm-hmm. actually Crash. has a big role in the comic where um, they have the drummer has a bionic arm uh, <laughs> and, and can fight with it and everything, and and is actually uh, has part in the number three fight. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they ended up cutting that. Um, she's she's very ninja esque. She says, I, "I blend into the background," which actually <laughs> yes, is yeah. funny because in the movie she does blend mm-hmm. into the background. That's funny. So uh, that's the main cast. We're going to go through the plot. We're not going to get like super crazy with it because I also know we're going to be like quoting it. And we're already a half hour in. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> um, so the movie starts off in Toronto. 22-year-old Scott Pilgrim. And he's a bassist for uh, his band's Sex Bob-omb. Which Bob-omb. Which uh, Michael Sarah is actually a very accomplished guitarist. He had to tone it down. Yeah. He did have to Because a lot of the down. other actors had to learn they from had scratch. To learn. Um, so right off the bat... This movie starts off immediately with the video game references. You have, uh, you know, the ding dong with uh, yeah. the words appearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you get your very, very 1966 Batman esque. Yeah, with the, a uh, lot of the the text boxes. The onomatopoeia. Yeah, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> but um, we find out that Boom, he is now wow. dating 17 year old Chinese schoolgirl Knives Chow, nice. um, to the disapproval of all of his friends in the bands. So um, the and his open- roommate and, and his, his sister. Well, I. One of the best scenes is when uh, Wallace uh, goes to the school with him. And he's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, there are boys here too. Even I would think twice about dating a 17-year-old. And then when Knives comes out, do you want to know who my class is gay? Does yes, he does he wear glasses? glasses? Again, it's funny that the first, I'd say, four to five issues are ripped directly of comics are mm-hmm. right on the scene. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, like panel for panel. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And then he hooks up with a gay guy. With glasses. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Yep. Who plays Jimmy? I, I totally... We skipped over Jimmy. And know. Other Scott. Yeah. <laughs> other Scott. What is it, Scott? I had a nightmare. What is it, Other Scott? Uh, Scott. Jarton Hewitt there plays Jimmy. So, um, Scott's also living... His first name. Scott's living in uh, basically a basement apartment. You know, you could tell yeah. uh, an apartment is a basement apartment by if it has a letter attached to it. A what? Mm. It's if it has a letter. So if it's I heard you, I just didn't understand. Apartment two A. Really? Those are lower level apartments. I, I, having never lived in an apartment, I did not know that. Obviously, you haven't seen Fight Club either. It's, actually, it's been many, many years. <laughs> there is a scene. So th- this is a true thing. There's a scene in Fight Club where um, the narrator and Tyler Durden take a veterinarian student hostage, and they have a gun pointed at him, okay. and they find out that he lives in an apartment two A, and he's like, you know, crappy little basement apartment. He's like, how did you know that? Because they always give uh, letter designations. Oh, wow. I, you know, it's probably been about 20 years since I've seen Fight That's Club. a great movie. Mm-hmm. You should do that on Cinematic Adventures soon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so as long that as you is, don't talk about it. Yeah, we don't talk about it. But that's actually a true fact. Uh, I have true some fact. rules here about that, actually. Yeah, by the way, you're never allowed to have paper again during any sort of recording. Why? Because if you watch our YouTube video after the intro, all we hear is... Because <laughs> you're making your paper airplane. You can't, you can't have anything. <laughs> I know. I'm so restrict. I, I'm I'm some kind of fidgety. So I have, for the listeners, I have like a, a mala beads on my wrist to play with. So that way... It's oh! Like, I thought they were a different kind of beads. These are mala beads. Uh-uh. Shame on you. <laughs> Why would you put those in your mouth? Don't you peace shame me. 
Um, this is these are mala beads. There's a certain number of them, and you you count them, and it helps you to focus, and it, and it keeps my hands off the microphone. I, I just <laughs> don't pl- worry. I just play Sean, with the headphone mic. Don't worry. Wire. Sean uh, broke the recording during Cinematic Adventures, and uh, Melanie hit her head on the microphone. I was here for when he broke it. I yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Melanie hit her. Head. Oh, it was yes. great. Oh, it was classic. <laughs> I'll let you hear the thump after this. Yes, it was good. But I had um, a good line with it too. Yeah. What was your line again? Then it wasn't that good. Uh, uh, well, no, because I don't want to spoil it. You're gonna spoil it. You gotta, you gotta listen, listen to Cinematic to Adventure. Adventure. I'll no, tell no, 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 no. on the side. Is it Cinematic Adventure or Cinematic, cinematic Adventures? Adventures? Unless you're looking at our logo. <laughs> no, and the logo's changed. And sometimes there's an apot. No, no. Yes, it no, does. No. No. I changed it. No. You, you didn't send no, it to no. me. And sometimes well, there's an look at Sometimes there's an apostrophe. Sometimes I did fix that. I fixed that. But I don't do this. So Scott Pilk, I do all the social media. Thank you very much. Ronnie does the technical stuff, and then Melanie directs, and Rob and Sean are just the talent. Yeah, exactly. Like Stephen Stills. Talent. <laughs> so um, we got Scott. He's dating Knives, mm-hmm. and you know the, the beginning of the movie is a lot of setup. It's a lot of, mm-hmm. here's Scott. He's the slacker. Here's his bands. They are all like way more Sex interested. In, they're more interested in the music than he is. And, and who just, wrote the music? I don't know. Beck. Back, oh, yes, yeah, back wrote all the music. That's awesome. This movie has a, a killer soundtrack. You got yes. uh, you know, the opening. I think it's just called We Are Sex Bob-omb. You got Garbage Truck. You got mm-hmm. Threshold. A um, lot of good stuff in this. And the music's always kind of reflective of what's going on, too, which is even better. Yeah. But uh, So Scott is dating Knives, and he meets an, uh, an American. She's American from America. <laughs> uh, Amazon delivery girl named Ramona Flowers after he saw her in a dream. And uh, again, that's uh, one of the best he, scenes when he wakes up. That. He orders it, it and like guy? two seconds later, he's like, like is it here yet? How long does it take? Amazon.ca. What's the website? Amazon.ca. Also, I love the scene before that when Wallace busts into the the, uh, the apartment. Guess who's drunk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's able to text uh, Stacy. Yep. yep. Yeah. You're thinking of juggling two chicks? Not even. How did you even know? Wallace. He's not even conscious. How do you do that? But uh, we're jumping way ahead. But uh, yeah, so um, Scott is uh, like we like we said, he's he's an underachiever. He's dating the seventeen year old after his big breakup with Envy Adams, who uh, you know we meet later on. And, and not to pun, but he is definitely and Scott Pilgrim's in a state of arrested development where he's just not moving forward in any of his mm-hmm. life, in any life achievements. At and all. they use a lot of visual cues to show mm-hmm. that, like when they go around the when they pan around their apartment and it shows. All the nice things that Wallace <laughs> that has, Wallace, all the yeah. crappy things that he has. The sounds are different. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because Wallace actually—I ha- don't think they mention it, but Wallace actually does have a job. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, and they share a bed. <laughs> yeah. It's the cutest thing. But, I'm gonna uh, need the bed tonight. What was that? I'm gonna need the bed tonight. I'm gonna need the bed tonight. Turn off the lights. And tomorrow, and now, for the rest of the week. I imagine you've seen some things, and for that I apologize. <laughs> I, I'm sorry too. <laughs> I can't make that up. But um, so after he meets. Ramona, though, that you know, first he sees her in the dream, then he sees mm-hmm. her at the library, and he immediately loses interest in knives. Like, mm-hmm. is your girlfriend distracting you? My girlfriend, oh, be quiet. <laughs> like, just and knives is so likable in this movie. She yeah. is, and and in the comics, she's very likable, and she has a lot more arcs, and she actually sticks around a lot more for a, a lot more events um, mm-hmm. in the comics. And it is sad because she is kind of the the she is kind of shoved to the side a little bit by yeah. Him. But um, so he doesn't break up with her though, but he starts pursuing Ramona, and like Ronnie said, he, you know, first they they go to the party, and you know he does the the Pac Man story, yeah, which apparently is true too. Uh, the Puck Man, and yep. they didn't want to mm. have it. Been. So they're in that scene, 
if you look at it, there's a light switch way above yes, their heads. Like seven feet up there. And it's the weirdest thing. But they, they said, it, we we filmed in this frat house, basically, and we didn't know they what didn't it was. They didn't know either. Yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's more just aesthetic than anything else. But um, I do love the uh, – he stalked her until she left yes. the party. Yeah. But uh, have you guys seen the, the blooper reel? No. No. After this, we're watching the blooper reel because okay. it's great. He, the scene where he uh, goes to Johnny Simmons, you know, young Neil. Yeah. Dude, what? She's totally real. The bloopers are hilarious of them trying to get through <laughs> that sequence. And apparently it took uh, – Michael Sarah threw that package over his shoulder like 30-plus times before he finally got it. Uh, very similar to uh, Sigourney Weaver in one of the Aliens movies where she tossed a basketball. Yeah. Oh, really? Like it took dozens of tries, and then she finally just nailed it. So, <laughs> yeah. So Scott finds out that she works for Amazon from Julie, who dated Steven. Mm-hmm. But I thought you guys broke up, <laughs> um, which is great. Apparently Steven's gay in the comics. He comes out. At the end. Steven. Steven Stills. The talent. Oh, oh, the talent. Oh, 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 the talent. I haven't made it to the complete end of the comic. Sorry, yet. I spoiled that for you. <laughs> but um I'll live. Yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> the, I'm the, almost there. I just You know what? I also want to say, like, this movie came out in two thousand ten and yeah. we've done a lot of movies. Like on Cinematics Adventures, we just did Blazing Saddles, which, you know, it's very much product of its time, but also satire and very culturally relevant still. I love watching this movie, and it again, it was so far ahead of its it time. It could have been made yesterday, and it would have been we would have believed it. Like they, oh, yeah. they do so much with you know there there are some lines like um I, I think Kim drops uh, the the R word. The R word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott mentions like you know aren't you not allowed to date outside your culture? Oh yeah, outside like, yeah. your race. I think something he like says. that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I cringed. There, when I there's heard like that. one or two lines um that are very 2010, but like. Concept-wise, this movie is exceptionally yeah. like oh, Ramona yeah. Flowers is a very strong female character. Like the scene where, like again, we're jumping around a little, but who cares? It's our podcast. Yeah, we get do what we podcast. want. Yeah, get your own podcast. We had twenty listeners today. Yes. But, um, <laughs> she. Uh, so there's a scene in this movie with Ramona Flowers where it's when her and Scott have their first date and they go back to her house and well, first of all, she, her nailing it with all naming all the t's that's a great scene yeah. did you make some of those up but, and she memorized that. yeah which is even crazy yeah. like most actors would have the lines in there yes. no nope. yep. like uh, marlon brando had the lines for his for superman on the baby's diaper yeah marlon brando actually fun fact was uh notorious for it like i believe it was in the waterfront uh he would take his lines and tape them to his uh to the forehead of the person he was speaking to yeah. <laughs> Great actor, really terrible demean- person. Really demeaning. Well, I mean, like, look at Apocalypse Now, where he was supposed to be, like, 90 pounds lighter yeah. and have hair. But that's not here nor Sorry. There. No, that's fine. This is what but, yeah, people... she, she had those T's memorized. But the, the scene that I'm talking about, because, like I, like I was saying, this movie is very far ahead of its time, where she and Scott start being intimate, and she stops, and she says, I changed my mind. I'm not going to have sex with you. You can stay here. You can spend the night in my bed because I'm not going to send you out in a snowstorm and I reserve the right to change my mind. Go girl power. And mm-hmm. But also, yes, the, queen. the other thing about that scene is... I think that's is, what the kids say now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, like, he's, he's like, okay. Yeah. You know what? I think I might just need this then. That's yeah. fine. And that is a that was like a huge like moment where they're talking about consent and, and past traumas and emotional connection and they're doing it all in a 13-second yeah. scene where yeah. you don't even think about it. Like... This movie was really 
really far ahead of its time, and I think it's reflective that now it's got such a big cult following. Mm-hmm. I mean, during COVID, they did uh, like a whole screen reading of this. <laughs> did they? That's yeah, they cool. they did like a cast a table read for the whole oh, movie, and fun. they got most. I think they got almost everybody I, back for yeah. it. Well, one of the things is I know that everybody loves Edgar Wright. Like it's funny too because you know with with so many in in the Me Too era, you have so many people who are coming out with other producers and directors and say no one has ever said a bad thing about Edgar Wright he is mm-hmm. just seems like he seems like he really runs a fun set mm-hmm. for as demanding as his marks probably are because I'm thinking of like Baby Driver where you probably had to hit so many marks especially yeah. like when he's like even like in the very opening scene of Baby Driver that's when, what I was uh, thinking of Ansel actually Angord I think his name Ansel, Ansel, Ansel Elgort yep. and he's he's gonna be in West Side Story that trailer just dropped yeah it looks really mm-hmm. it looks good but um, where he's like, even like with the seatbelt and he's yep. just like to the exact mm-hmm. phrase of the song, like, oh, God. I'm like, sure it's demanding, but I've heard that he is one, Edgar Wright's just, everyone wants to work with him. Yeah. He's a great person. And I like that he- Except he, Marvel doesn't want to work with him. Yeah. Well, because- <laughs> They're so, lost. As, yeah. as much as we love Marvel, and, and Rob and I were just talking uh, off off recording about Marvel and its inaccessibility, because mm-hmm. um, like you, you can't send a 15-year-old who's never seen a Marvel movie into, like, well, you got to start 10 years yeah. ago and work- yeah. Um, Marvel is notorious for this is how we do it and you will do it our way. And that's why a lot of directors, Patty Jenkins, uh, walked away from Marvel Mm because, you know, she had a vision for, uh, Thor, the dark world. I think it was, was was she, she was supposed to do Thor, Thor, the dark world. And Natalie Portman got really angry and that's why she didn't come back for, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. now she's back, but, um, well, that's why I'm so interested in seeing the Eternals because now you've got Chloe Zhao doing it. Uh, who just won an Oscar this past Sunday for directing Nomadland, and she is, a she has a very distinct uh, look to her films, and and there's certain you know tropes that she has in all of her films, and I'm wondering how that's going to translate to Marvel. So mm-hmm. I, I cannot wait to see this. Well, I, like I, as much as we joke, like I ha- I have to say it, and I I know you'll agree, Rob. Even I probably though- will. Marvel has a very distinct look at this point. Yes. Trying, even like when, um, so say what you will about the DC universe, their movies all look very different. Mm-hmm. They all have their own, like Aquaman, even Aquaman and Shazam, which are more in that post Justice League era, they aesthetically they look very different. But at yeah. the same time, you could tell they're in the same universe. Uh, Marvel, their movies, it's, it's not till more recently with like Infinity War and Endgame yeah. and, and just Guardians of the Galaxy was really the testament to it. Yeah. Their movies all look the exact same. They all had a very similar like they all Almost talk kind of washed out. Yeah. They yeah. All, like even the characters they all talk the same. Yeah. They all had that same like they make fun of it in uh Age of Ultron when you know Ultron makes the joke about omelets and breaking eggs and Tony Stark's like he peeped me by one second. Yeah, it's sort of like in Marvel that they they're like here's the train tracks. Stick to the train tracks. You can go anywhere you want on the, the train, train track. The train, the train can look however you yeah. want. And the train yeah. goes all over the country, but don't get off the tracks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, that's why, like, if, if we're going to ever suggest a comic book movie, and me personally, if, some, if I, somebody's like, I want to watch a comic book movie, what's a good one to, mm. to watch? I will throw out Scott Pilgrim. Now, here's the thing. I actually threw this out there to my family about four years ago, four and a half years ago. They did not like it at all. Really? Yes. Mm. Well, first of all, I think Timmy was too young because he was only like... Which is weird because the the fight scenes in this movie are on. That's why I I thought he would love it because I'm like, if you ever, you know, let's watch this. It's like watching a video game movie. Yeah. And he, I think a lot of stuff went over his head. I think also it was too frantic 
for his brain because like he let's see he's 13 now so he must have been about eight or nine when he watched mm, it i think fair, it was yeah. just too hard to follow for him yeah so i'd love it if he watched it again but i i have to say that is a complaint i have too that i think the opening half hour is too not that i'm using this as a, a label or in a negative way but it's too add that it's all like zip 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 this here then go there then over there and I, I, th- hey, I think they. <laughs> oh my! Oh, Ronnie! <laughs> uh, and I th- puts and his I... Adderall away slowly, <laughs> right? But I, I think they could have like untightened the editing just a little bit in that first. But unfortunately, half hour. That, that's Edgar Wright. Even like Hot Fuzz, which yeah. is his more like the more serious quote unquote of the. Cornetic. Is it really? I think, in terms of like content wise, it's not until he gets to not until he meets Danny. That mm-hmm. the comedy starts with that movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. Um, you know, I, I would say World's End is probably an, up there too with how ser- like his serious style. Mm-hmm. But all of his movies are very, very fast paced. The, mm-hmm. the editing alone is like cut and cut yes. and yeah. cut and cut and cut, and it's all one scene, like just for you know his storytelling. But um, going back to the plot of this movie, <laughs> somehow <laughs> um, we get our first interaction with uh, the Battle of the Bands. You know, they fight. Uh, Crash and the boys. Is that that band with that with Crash yeah. and those boys? <laughs> yeah, I hate those guys. But um, we do get some of our some of the more like nuanced things with uh, you know, this is our first song. It is called "I'm Sad." I am so very sad. It goes a little something like this. So sad. Thank you. It's not a race, guys. I love Wallace. Yeah, <laughs> and he's hitting on Jimmy the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we are all in serious relationships with a significant other. I am? Oh, right. I've been married for over 20 years. I know. I know. Lauren just hasn't had the heart to tell you yet. <laughs> but um, if if I w- even like in the early dating stages, if I invited my, you know, a date to my show and she saw another girl run up and kiss me, isn't that a red flag? Dead. Yeah, so I dead. I've, like as as funny as uh, it is. Not if you're in Utah. What? They're polygamists. You, you could be, yes. It's like in they Utah. don't even They're know in you. Canada. I'm, I'm just saying. They're in Canada. Well, you you asked about the situation. I said if you're in Utah, it's okay. Even still, I feel like that's Does... a conversation we should have had beforehand, before I committed to this. <laughs> but um, I have to go. And he was just so I love. The, oh no! Doesn't he say like he's between like? No, no, no. That's later on. Oh, that's later. When, okay. uh, Sorry, I don't want to ruin When knives yeah. is dating. No, no. Uh, I have to pee on her. That's when Knives is trying to make him jealous with young Neil. I was, yeah. I was re-watching it. How do you know that night. girl again? I was re-watching the movie this week, and I was in bed, and Lauren was asleep next to me, and that line came up, I, I have to pee on her, and I burst out laughing. I was I almost woke her up. Yeah. Now, you know what, you know what gets me about that? this scene, though? When um, first, like, r- like, Scott looks at one of them, and then uh, Knives looks at Ramona, and then Wallace looks at Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, he's just yeah. because like, uh, like Wallace is already hitting on Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great scene. I, I have to say too, and this is something we you and I were alluding to off off mic, um, that this this movie is just it's fun. It's so much fun, and I have to say, like, this is such a. I had a great week 
preparing for this show. Like I, I did my homework with, you know, doing some research and watching videos on YouTube and reading the comics and rewatching the movie. And it was such a nice week as a result yeah. of that. Like I really had a lot of fun just going through it and, and reliving this because it's such a great film. It, it's so enjoyable and it's it's you you smile your way through the movie. Yeah, so much definitely. So. Yeah, yeah, I was I rewatched it this week too, and this was the first time I've seen it in. I don't know, years yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, God, how I've missed this movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, just the whole entire, what, two hours? Yep. Right? Yep. Or roughly? Just smiling. Oh, yeah. e- you know, ear to ear, just, haha, this is awesome. Well, especially once we get the appearance of Matthew Patel. Yes. Matthew oh, Patel. I, I love. Didn't you get my email explaining the situation? <laughs> I love in the comics, it's not only an email, but he's like, did you get my hand-delivered letter? I traipsed through a snowstorm to give that to you. <laughs> but um, so he he breaks in, and I love how they nonchalantly kill Crash and the boys during this. Yeah, <laughs> they're just skeletons. Oh, Crash! But um, you get your first your first evil X fight, and which on on since you bring it up, body count forty seven. Not surprised. <laughs> yeah, like this movie. People die. Yeah, and that's forty-seven counting the death of Scott Pilgrim too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I do love the, you know the first fight just out of nowhere, just yeah. like not only just beautifully choreographed martial arts, and I think all three of us can appreciate that yes. mm-hmm. um, to a certain degree. But also, Michael Sarah did a lot of it. There are a lot of shots of, of yeah. him doing it. Yeah. And the, you know, like little nuances, like adding the dust to them. You know, Matthew Patel blows off his shoulder yeah. when they hit each other. You. You know, the sound effects, you know, Bill Hader, you know, doing his narration and Wallace doing the first really big fight. But then the second one is like, Evil X. Yeah. Fight. But um, it's just, it starts, it's, it really starts the second half of this movie and it starts it off like big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then it shows Scott what kind of terrible person he is where he's like, so if we're continue, if you are con- to continue to date, I have to defeat your exes. Does that mean we can make out? Yeah, and he still has yeah, not. He's broken, all about making out, yeah. and he still has not broken up with knives at that point. No. Who fainted during the show? During to Gar- his credit, he is not physical with knives when he starts dating Ramona. I think we she held hands once. She jumped yeah. up on and kissed him once, but it was more of like a she did it to me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would fly. But no, okay, agreed. He's um, still dating. Yeah, and then we have the Seinfeld. Uh, moment which yeah. it, it feels a little out of place but it's still really funny yeah that one that part i felt was a little dated mm-hmm. oh it's exceptionally yeah. dated but like it's not, really not funny. a good way yeah. yeah i and you know with the bacon Wallace is just making bacon yeah. he makes a lot of bacon in the comics yeah, yeah. What, one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite moments though is when other um jimmy comes out of the bathroom after wallace was just berating him about you know, seeing other people yeah and he's like double standard <laughs> I didn't make up the gay rule book. That's, and he's following with his hand. He hits up with the spatula. Stop yeah. That's what makes Edgar Wright such a great visual storyteller is because he knows how to get comedy out of these moments that are seemingly innocuous. Like there was one, I, I, I watched a, a video online. Um, it's, it's a channel called Every Frame of Painting. I'd highly encourage you to watch them. And they talk about Edgar Wright as a visual storyteller and they show two different movies they uh showing the exact same sequence one is um it's i don't even know what movie it is i oh i think it's the heat with sandra bullock oh yeah, yeah and yeah. they show yeah. her moving to the big city and they show like you know second unit stuff and like just the car moving and a highway and some signs 
and they compare that to in Hot Fuzz when he has to relocate when his plant, <laughs> and they're the saying Japanese peace lily, <laughs> and they show how look here's a moment where you could have done nothing with it, with just showing them that he moved, but he's Edgar Wright is able to squeeze so much comedy out of something that is so everyday, mm-hmm. um, you know that he's he's asleep next to the well, train, and just then all washing of a sudden, your hands, yeah, just washing your hands. Like Edgar Wright can find all these little moments and just make great comedy. You know out the of it. best example of it though is. Uh, Hot Fuzz when they're talking about all of Nicholas Angel's um, credentials advanced driving and advanced cycling and he peels in and he's like <laughs> like just perfect example of just oh, yeah. the mundane yeah if um, you are not into Edgar Wright you really need to get into him quickly because mm-hmm. he is just every moment is just such a joy in watching his films yeah so um, Scott finally does break up with Knives, though, and uh, she blames Ramona, and she swears to get her get Scott back. And that's another great scene when she she's doing her hair, and she's, like, yeah. screaming in the bathroom. Her friend's like, I can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> um, Scott does get attacked. Uh, or he who does he get? Uh, next up is... Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Chris, uh, we're only yeah. at number two? We're All only right, at number we gotta two. Speed this yeah, up. we got to move this up. Uh, Chris Evans, who plays uh, Lucas Lee. And I like how each fight is different. Yeah, and I, I also love how Wallace is totally in love with Lucas. I want to have his adopted babies. Yeah, <laughs> but um. And fun fact: the uh, Chris Evans stunt, uh, Lucas Lee's stunt double is Chris. Evans. Actually, is Chris yeah. Evans' stunt double? <laughs> they had a lot of trouble getting the Universal sound effect. Oh, I yeah, bet. Logistically, yeah. Yeah. Um, even though it's a Universal movie, which is even funnier. Still, you yeah. can't use it during a movie. Yeah, very mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. But they, they were able to, to convince the studio to let them do it. And it's fantastic. Yeah. And apparently, Chris Evans crushed a real cup of hot coffee in his hands. <laughs> Jeez. Like, because he's Captain America. Yeah, but it's, um, it's just Chris Evans. Chris Evans, like he's another one that if you only know him for Captain America, you only know half the story there. If you've uh, ever seen Knives Out. He's um, a oh, jerk he's, in that movie. He's oh, such great. a jerk. But even even Fantastic Four and the yeah. Losers, you know, it, yeah. Losers is a great transition between Fantastic Four and Captain it America. Is. He's kind of. I, I never liked the Fantastic Four movies. I think they're terrible. But he is still. He brings some fun to it. I I look at those much more fondly after oh. Fan Four Stick. Oh, God, oh who yeah. Wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Also, that that movie was made by by its cast and practical effects. I, yeah. I really enjoy mm-hmm. the things, practical effects. And I, I I will not say that they are great movies by any stretch of the imagination, but I do enjoy them for uh, mm-hmm. for where they were. They were that, that Sam Raimi Spider-Man era. And your love of those practical effects is also very relevant in Scott Pilgrim because Edgar Wright likes a lot of... You were saying earlier to me about some of the practical effects that oh, yeah, they yeah. do in there. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Like Practical effects are always well done. Like... um. The scene where he goes into to pee, he's le- excuse me, he's leaving the <laughs> living room, goes into the bathroom, and it's all one continuous shot. Edgar Wright loves continuous yes. shots. Oh my gosh! But when he walks out, he's walking in the school hallway. The way they did that, I believe they they rotated the set. Mm. So like very very like Christopher Nolan Inception. I, with the that's hallway. so funny. I was just thinking of Christopher yeah. Nolan. When yeah, well, you were it's, it's the most well known example yeah. now. Yeah, because uh, Chris Nolan's another one. You know, practical. He loves his practical effects. Uh, he'll he'll the, actually crash a plane for Tenant. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. for uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Yes, and, and with the truck flipping it, like like he actually flipped oh, that yeah, truck. Yeah. Um, there's this movie called Fanboys. If uh, <laughs> it's it, yeah, I know you've seen it, Ronnie. I don't think I don't think uh, not yet. I've there, been told oh. several by several people I should watch. I I own it. So I know, and you've mentioned that it you is, want to lend it to me, and I'm like, eh, I well, I think we might have to do it. a movie night at this point. Yeah, yes. um, it is, it's a movie about uh, four friends who are trying to steal a copy of Episode One before it comes out, and there's a great yeah. line in it. Um, without spoiling too much, one of the characters does actually get to see it, 
And, you know, they're all asking, how is it? And, you know, he's like, not telling. And he, he goes on a, like a little, he's, he's like, you know, you got to embrace the flaws, you know, the, sometimes the crappy effects, the real puppets, you know, like the, it's the blemishes that make these things beautiful. Yeah. And movies like this that use practical effects that in a way that you feel like you can reach out and touch them mm. are always just a little bit better for yeah, me. Yeah. I, I love 80s horror movies because of the that practical gore mm-hmm. and the makeup that they go through. Like, CGI is just... Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny it's also, good. like, you know, we, we like I said, we watched Mortal Kombat recently, and yeah. the, the gore and the violence in that is fantastic. Like, in the new one? In the new I've one. I've heard it's too, like, CGI'd over the top. It is CGI like... over the top, but also that's reflective of the medium. But it, uh, yeah, because it's a video game. The yeah. video, like that, and that's what makes Maybe this movie is. I, I I recommend it because it's it's also it's more of a Mortal Kombat prequel than anything else because yeah. it's not the actual tournament, which is very strange. But that's this isn't that. That's but, for the second the sequel. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we also get uh, after Lucas Lee's defeat, and I, one of my favorite bits is uh, wow, as he's skating. Oh, wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> but he explodes skateboarding. Yeah, Lucas Lee. Uh, we get uh, Todd Ingram, who is a uh, vegan and who's you mean vegan? <laughs> vegan, vegan, uh, defeated during after a base battle, and Scott manages to trick him into drinking uh, coffee with half and half. And he's yep. already had gelato and, and chicken, chicken parm- parmesan. parmesan. Well, apparently in the comics, he was yes. constantly eating chicken parm. Yeah, he he did. And and there's the the See scene that of, I know the scene of him eating gelato is actually in the comics. Yes, That's and, funny. and he knows it, and he's like uh, Envy says, you know, isn't there? You know, he's she goes, is that vegan? He goes, oh yeah, yeah. And well, then he I turns lo- to I his lo- friend, and he's like, she doesn't know that there's eggs in it. I love the actual line. It's milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> but um, chicken all isn't that, vegan. All that curds and whey gets in the. In, yeah. What does he say? All that curds and whey is taking up the other ninety percent of your brain. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But um, we also meet uh, Roxy Richter, who is a lesbian ninja. Yep. And you know, that that's the one scene in this movie that is a little when when he defeats her. By having her orgasm to death, which yeah. actually okay, that's a, a little controversial. I can help you with this. They took that in the comics because that is not her weakness in the comics. That is Envy's weakness in the comics. Oh. Yes, because there is a there is a fight between uh, Ramona and Envy, um, and that's how he defeat, defeats. Envy. I love the fight between Ramona and uh, Roxy, though. Yeah. Oh, first, yeah. first with the giant hammer, because you know that's like a nod to video games yeah. and having. Yeah. A, and she has the hammer in the comics. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's her only fight scene really in this entire movie. Yeah. But uh, and then she helps Scott actually. I can't. I don't think I can hit a girl. They're soft. <laughs> and so, this was pointed out online, and I didn't notice this: that only Matthew Patel does he. Um, defeat mm-hmm. by himself. All the other ones, he's with yeah. someone else that helps him defeat. Well, I mean, he he defeats Todd Ingram. Which one? Wait, wait, which one? Todd. Oh, Todd, Todd. Todd. Vegan Todd. Uh, and he tri- no, well, he, he doesn't defeat him. It's the vegan police. Uh, well, he tri- what about Lucas Lee? Which one? Chris Evans. Uh, he gets defeated from a skateboard. I know, but he kind of like uh, he tricks him into it. Yeah, there are girls yeah. watching. He doesn't actually do it. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Uh, what about the? Uh, the Katanagi, that the Asian. That ones. was the music. That's the band. Uh, he has the band. Well, he help. does in this. He does the. Uh, he stomps on the the giant ape thing. Mm, but it's the band helping him. It's still also the best song in the entire movie. I love oh, yeah. Thresholds. That is a great song. I think Rob's point was he does it solo. Yes. No, I get it, but like, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm also I'm also thinking about it too. Yeah. Because um, then with Gideon, it's not. Yeah, just he him. teams it's up with knives because he loses knives. the first and Ramona. And Ramona. And Ramona. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, no, Ramona only knees him in the nuts, and then uh, he smacks her. Where he says, now we'll both be girls. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a line from not that fight. It, see, that's what's neat in reading in reading the comics is because you see all of the different ingredients. They're just remixed differently in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, so where are we? Oh man, number f- oh number so, four, so Roxy. The with Roxy, and that causes her and Scott to uh, break up. Right. Yeah. Oh, because you said you were uncomfortable with the the ba- behind the knee thing. Behind the knee. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's still one of my favorite lines. Uh, Two gin and tonics, please. Thought she didn't drink. Uh, only on special occasions. Why did you want one? <laughs> yeah, because you you do. Uh, Scott drinks Coke Zeros in yeah in the movie, which I, makes sense because he is a zero. Well, what's even funnier is he, after this scene, he's wearing a Fantastic Four shirt that four has a, a four and a half because yeah. he's the t- he's four and a half right. of an X. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does. And he's got this. I think it's I think it's Smashing Pumpkins, the zero shirt. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But he's also he um he doesn't drink. That's no. the big thing. No. And I think in the comics, I think they yeah he doesn't they, drink there either. Yeah, they bring it yeah. up a little bit more. But um so there he he then defeats the the twins and he earns an extra life in the process, which is great. And which you don't find out until later. Well, no, you see no, him you getting see him, a life. Oh, and yeah. he grabs uh, what are you it. doing? I'm getting a life. Yeah. And but he tries to get Ramona back by saying that he's in lesbians with her. In lesbians. <laughs> lesbians. I the best one of the best lines is like. Four minutes after, the, like right after the scene ends, I like four minutes lesbians? later, I said lesbians. Because <laughs> you know Wallace tries to trick him. Did you him. use the L word with her? Lesbian. The no, other the L other word. word. Break up. Bring up the L word. It's love, Scott. I wasn't trying to trick you. And the <laughs> fact that Edgar Wright has him playing with the letters on the fridge at the same yeah. time yeah. Oh, is just brilliant. Oh, it's so good. Seven, de- seven little kisses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What do you think these were? About that. That's a great line, <laughs> but um, he even has the uh, the X Men patch that he takes off. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot yeah. of X's in this They're movie right. if, you, oh, yeah. if you keep an eye out for him. But uh, Ramona actually gets back together with Gideon, who we find out is G Man, who's watching the show, and um, they sign the he signs the bands. And one of my favorite visual gags is when he's like, "We'd love to sign you guys," and you see Steven, he, he looks re- he looks so excited, and there's a it says P and it's pointing towards his leg. Yeah. <laughs> So they immediately dump Scott and uh, young Neil takes over. Mm. One of my, I love when uh, I think they're doing garbage truck and Neil's just in the background and he does the wrong lines. He's like, oh, no, my. (laughs) (laughs) Was now, uh, help me with this. It was Envy ever in the band? They never say. Okay. She Uh, is in the comics. Yeah, I I think she was like one of their singers. Um, I think Scott says, I hearted her too. Until she signed with a major record label, okay. I don't think they ever mentioned her being in Sex Bomb. Okay, yeah, yeah, she was. They weren't called Sex Bomb then, but they were. She was in the band at that time. Mm. Gotcha. So uh, Scott quits the band, and uh, one of my favorite phone calls, uh, Gideon calls him. Yeah. And uh, hey, buddy. Oh, he's so passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I love how Wallace and other Scott are listening. He's like, "What a what a perfect dick." <laughs> After they, of course, after Scott walks in on them being intimate, turn off the lights. <laughs> I'm sorry for what you saw. <laughs> That's great. I'm gonna need you to move out. But um, so Scott, it, uh, and again, Edgar Wright style, where he's dramatically putting on everything, but he slows down to put on tie his shoelaces. Yeah. <laughs> but then right as he he hits like the the final yeah. bunny ears, the music kicks back up, and uh, That's, it reminds me of the scene in um, World's End where they're where he goes. 
uh, five beers, four in a water. What? what? And, and then, then dramatically. <laughs> and then the water slowly <laughs> fills up. <laughs> but um, so Scott goes to the Chaos Theater and he, you know, he knows all the passwords, whatever. <sighs> yeah. It's so, so just again, it's so reflective of that culture. Yeah. And, um, you know, first he berates the bands and he. He's there. He realizes he's there for the power of Scott's turn. The power of love. The power of love. Yes. Uh, again, a great fight scene, like beautifully yeah. choreographed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to fight Gideon, and Gideon defeats him at first, and then Knives tries to save him, mm. and yeah. then Knives attacks Ramona. Oh, so I guess Ramona and Knives do have a little, they have a okay. little tiff. Yeah. Um, and Gideon and Scott go hand hands, but then Gideon manages to stab him after Scott realize, like he's like. I dated you at the that same doesn't time. Count, does it? <laughs> I dated you without telling you, and she's like, "Is there a difference?" Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they call him out, but um, we also find out, you know, at this point, after, now he after he reveals that he's cheated on both of them, Gideon kills him, like straight up, like yeah. murders him, stabs yeah. him in the back, and uh, while he's in limbo, Ramona visits him and tells him, "Yeah, he gets into my head." That is evil. And uh, he uses the the mind control device. So Scott uses <laughs> his, his extra life and redoes the level, basically. With I might add that the hitting people and turning them into quarters is just such a great visual. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet coins. Oh, 2.30. But it's not quarters, though. It's it's actually just coins. Canadian. It's what are the, What's the Canadian quarter? I don't know. Coins. That's why I said coins. Oh, he says coins. What? Ruples. <laughs> Ruples. <laughs> Yen. A good drachma. <laughs> what's the a line? peso? What's the line in uh, Dukes of Hazard? How does 30,000 uh-huh. yen a year sound? Yeah. Sounds like 40, 40 bucks. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's another underrated I movie. I have not seen that yeah. one. If, if you didn't like, if like we saw that without seeing the show, it is yeah. a broken, it is a super See, troopers. I like, yeah. I like Broken Lizard a lot. And yeah. then I saw them do Dukes of Hazzard. Like, oh. it, it, you know what? It's it's worth the watch. Is it? All right. yeah. yeah. Great car scenes. Great okay. car, they do right. some great car stunts. But um, so Scott redoes the level and like, with all that confidence, there's that Scott Pilgrim confidence. You know, your hair looks stupid and the guy just explodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, and I love the uh, when he comes in, you guys were right. The new set sounds way better without me. And he like he apologizes to he's yeah, like yeah. apologizes to Stephen then to Kim. And I love uh, sucks, bum. Neil you young Neil you've learned well. From now on you will be known as Neil. And he's like, <gasps> and you hear the music and the the yeah. level up numbers. I feel so bad for Kim. Mm-hmm. Kim Kim is well. First of all, she's she's cut a little bit. Um, but she is just so put upon and so neglected. And I don't know if you've ever noticed that both Kim and Roxy do not blink during the entire movie. Because they're supposed to be like anime characters. Yeah, oh, really? That's why they, a lot of characters. Roxy only blinks like when she starts to get defeated, but Kim doesn't blink throughout the entire film. Yeah. Um, I I find like her and Julie both kind of. Because Julie disappears. You don't see her again after the. Uh, Julie's the Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, you don't see yeah. her again after. Um, Knives gets punched. No, she's she's kind of just goes. I, yeah, I, I I feel like there's some good material sitting on a cutting room floor of her somewhere. Oh yeah, probably. So uh, he make after he makes peace with everybody and challenges Gideon. He the, he wants to do it for himself this time. So he earns the power of self respect sword. Mm. These are all swords from the comics too. Yeah, like he that he uses, and he apologizes to Ramona and Knives for uh, 
Listen, Kung Pao Chicken. <laughs> oh, God, that was great. Yeah. Your old, old boyfriend, because don't forget, new, new girlfriends. Yeah. New, new. <laughs> There's new. some... This movie's so quotable. Oh, my God. It's such a tightly scripted film. Oh, like, absolutely. It, it is just so... Like, every word is just absolutely valuable and, and contributes to it. So, um, after they then team up and defeat Gideon, and they, they do very uh, 80s arcade boss style where he starts glowing red yeah. as his health's going down. All right, I got to ask you this. Yeah, then. yeah. As individuals who were not around in the 80s, how much appreciation do you have for the visuals in this? So it, we're we're an inter- interesting generation. Mm-hmm. We were... Because I, I grew up with Nintendo 64 and with the Atari, we, 20, with see, the Atari 2600. Those are two totally different systems. I know, but they're two <laughs> very important 8-bit systems. Yeah. Nintendo 64? It had, Mar- Mario. Mario was very eight bit. Nintendo sixty four. Are you yeah. are you sure you're not talking about Super Nintendo? Yeah, I guess I'm talking about Super Nintendo. Yeah, because right. Nintendo sixty four is the first. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Super Nintendo. Because we, we were just playing Super Mario sixty four on the about, Switch. Yeah, Super Nintendo <laughs> where you had to blow into the cartridges. Yes, <laughs> which apparently didn't do and anything. Sega Genesis. Nah, yeah, yeah. No, see and the Sega Genesis. Yep. Yes, I remember I, playing I, NHL ninety three on Sega yes, Genesis. Yes, I had Mortal Kombat on Sega Ooh. Genesis. Yeah. Well, fu- here's a fun fact then. Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis versus Mortal Kombat on on Super Nintendo, they took out the blood for Super Nintendo because of all of the parent backlash. Uh, you know what? But I kind of remember. But this. there is a there is a blood code for one of the sequels, I believe. So I think Mortal Kombat two, they took out all. No, there's there's a <laughs> no code, no. I'm laughing because like it's the, true. Uh, like the Konami code, yeah, that would yeah. turn on all the graphic stuff because parents revolted. This is also the generation of like Power Rangers and stuff like that, where yeah. uh, where children violence yeah. was really all right. Here, here's the test to see how well you guys are with. These old school video games. What's the cheat code for Contra? Uh, oh, no. it's, it's a Konami code. I just said All right, it. what is it? Up, down, up, down. No. Up, yep. down. No, you're right. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. A, B, A, B. Start select. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I don't think you have to hit select, but yes, you got it. All right, so here's another fr- further fun fact. Not only does Melanie know that code, she's actually beaten Contra. <laughs> Contra is one of the hardest games you could ever. That's oh, yeah. why it has a code for invincibility. All right, you've both convinced me that you kind of yeah. have an appreciation well, so, for yeah. it. I remember playing Nintendo at my neighbor's house mm-hmm. when I was like six. We we were in that general. We, we're we're so Ronnie and I are millennials. I think you're whatever. I think you're I'm X. You're you're X, still X. Yeah. Okay. So millennials are you know obviously there's there's all the, like the you know shut up millennial kind yeah, of yeah the entitlement kind of even like, though we're you know, even though we're the right. best of both worlds. Well, but mille- yet X they're, is they're, the one that really made it out in life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, boomer. No. Um, <laughs> I always say that there's two levels of millennial. Yeah. There's the Late '80s, early '90s millennials, and Which then there's are the good the, ones, because we grew up as with the technology, yep. as opposed to just having the technology. Yep. So I remember Nintendo and you know Super Mario Duck Hunt and oh, the, the, the gun that never ever, wore, the orange gun and that stupid dog. Yeah, do you hold? Do you remember the Nintendo robot? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that used to shift the yep. spinning things back to yes, <laughs> yes, yes, vaguely. But like I remember playing Super Mario yeah. over and over yeah, again. Oh, yeah. um, and then you know, obviously, the, then the Super Nintendo came out, and then Nintendo sixty four. So we we grew up with the technology, and we were young enough to we were young enough to you know what still watch Full House, mm-hmm. but also be playing these games. Okay. So mm-hmm. it, it's we're a unique generation with stuff like that. Um, but, so you do understand and appreciate a lot of the 
the the video game stuff. Oh, that we, we yeah. I I remember yeah. playing you know the X Men arcade game and uh, the Ninja Ninja Turtles arcade games, yes. and that's where those the flashing, flashing red, red bad guys came in okay. when they were low on health. Sonic, so, Sonic, yeah, oh, yeah. Sega Genesis, yeah. Uh, so it we have a very interesting perspective. It's the later millennials that are the the more entitled yeah. part of the generation, <laughs> the ones you want to beat. Yeah. So okay. um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm going to say on that. So you know, Scott makes peace with everybody. Gideon's defeated. I, I do love the line. You know how long it took me to put this stupid league together? Like four Which hours. Was a part of the reshoots, I found out. Really? Yes, that line was not in the original. They they huh. uh, added a couple things. They added um, a couple shots uh, and scenes to the wow of the the skateboarding. That's funny. Uh, which they actually had to recreate the top of the skateboarding. <laughs> <ramp he> said <laughs> for the reshoots, and that line of the it took me like two hours oh, yeah. for this it was from the reshoots. So let's also let's bring that up because um, yeah. I, I find that reshoots have gotten a terrible rap, and we. We can say we can blame DC for it. <laughs> Suicide Squad and Justice League have have created a really bad taste of reshoots. Mm-hmm. Reshoots are done for almost every single movie. Oh, absolutely! Every yeah. single movie they do a a, a, a like a, a rough cut for um uh like test uh, audiences. Test audience, thank you. And they see what works and what doesn't work. Which I've actually been to a test audience once. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I got to see a, t- a rough cut of um, Man in the Moon with Jim Carrey. Wow! Yeah, I was the oh. very I was one of the very first people to ever see that, and it was in Danbury too. Oh, that's awesome! Like there, we were in. Fun fact: uh, we were in line for another movie, and somebody said said to us, "Hey, you want to come see a, a, a test screening?" But they wouldn't tell us what it was or anything, so mm-hmm. we just had to show up that day, and we had no idea what it was, and it turned out to be that. That's really cool. And then afterwards, they do ask you questions of you know what did you think, and then they take some people as a focus group and everything so it was neat to see the process well I, I I hate to keep bringing up the movie fanboys but fanboys they so the studio wanted to change the movie completely but test audiences responded so positively mm. to the original cut that they ended up going with the original cut after showing it to George Lucas who then let them do reshoots using uh, Star Wars uh, media oh cool so well, you know, and, and the thing is with reshoots, a lot of times when it hits the news of so-and-so, you know, this movie's now in reshoots, everyone goes, uh-oh, the movie's there's something trouble. Wrong with it. Yeah. And that's not the case. Every movie has reshoots. Yep. Yeah, most actors are contracted till well past the movie's done, including yeah. press tours and stuff. That's yeah. why when you see the press tours, all those actors are still like, especially yeah, in, like in Marvel or DC be. movies, because yeah. they might have to for, go back. For and... the home audience, he just did a jacked kind of viewing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, he didn't. He's just naturally like that. Oh, sorry, Thanks, man. <laughs> but um, because you know what it's it is. All that raise. A lot of times, a lot of times it could. Yeah, you know, all that raise energy. By the way, check what those is, out. Wait, what? Oh, raise. We actually, I was gonna plug this at the oh, end. Oh, sorry, why? Well, yeah, yeah, the no, spoilers. That's fine. that's fine. But um, you know, a lot of movies, even if it's just there's something wrong with our footage. We need you to come back and reshoot it because there's something, there's a technical reason. The footage got lost. Or sometimes (laughs) there's like, they realize when they cut everything together that the pacing is just slightly off and they need like one or two extra shots in there of a reaction shot sometimes just to, to make Just to transition it better, like all sorts of things. So after Gideon's defeated, Scott goes off into the, into the, you know, the wilderness with Ramona. Yes. Which is not the original ending. The original cut he well, wait, in this movie. He forgot something. Oh, oh, Negascott. 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 That to me is probably one of my favorite. Is when oh, we're gonna go get brunch next week. <laughs> is when they walk out and, yeah, and Ramona just... and I are like, 
Wait, Wait what? Like expecting what? a big fight. Yeah. And they're like, eh, well, no, do you, we... do you know what the the ironic thing about that is? Because Scott is so unlikable, mm-hmm. his polar opposite is super, super likable. <laughs> that that's the thing. Yeah. You know, makes ne- sense. Yeah. Uh, the opposite of Scott is likable Scott. Yeah. Social Scott. You know, just loving Scott and charitable Scott. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna go get brunch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm liking that. Yep. But so in in this in the original in this cut mm-hmm. in the theatrical cut he goes knives is like she's who you were fighting for go be with her I'm too cool for you anyway yeah, I'm too cool for you and he goes off with Ramona into the sunset basically in the with jetpacks no jetpacks ah in the cut of this movie or in the the director's the original cut, cut you shouldn't say director it's cut. it's hard it's, it's hard the to say original yeah. cut in the alternate ending okay. He actually gets back together with knives. Yes. So. And they go off to the. Have you you've seen the the. Okay. Have you seen it? No. Oh, okay. She um. He he's no, yeah. Uh, what's her Ramona goes off and he gets back together with knives and they go off back to the arcade and they do that little dancing one and they're doing it in yeah. slow motion and it's it's sweet like it's it's actually kind of a a nice little arc for knives because you feel bad for her during the yeah. whole movie. Um. But test audiences did not really like that he ended up with knives. They wanted him to go off with Ramona. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Ramona. My, 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 my and Ramona. I saw an interview with Edgar Scott, and it was for the 10th anniversary. And he was talking about reshooting it. He said, "I was." He said, "Based on test audiences, we said we need to go back and we need to reshoot this with him ending up with Ramona." And he said he was so nervous to approach the actress who plays knives because he's like oh my god she's going to be so upset and everything um and when he approached her he said yeah we're, we're going to do this we need just to do some reshoots and, and here's what we're and we're changing the ending and she her response was you know i'm glad because it seemed like knives was such a pushover for taking him back <laughs> but also <laughs> for you know, real, she, though. she was young though that that's the yeah. thing yeah like, and she really she and what's and edgar wright said this what sold her completely on the scene was that line I'm too cool, cool for, for you, you anyway. Yeah. I think it would have been better if nobody got together with anybody. Because, like, the whole point of that alternate ending is Ramona's like, I need to live my life with, not yeah. based on my relationship. I can understand. Yeah. So, like, it, I, I get I get all points, you know, and obviously the test audiences were like, happy ending. No, nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, so. You know what? It, it helped for me a lot because seeing the alternate ending, because I always did feel really bad for Knives that she did get the, the short shrift in all of this. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, oh, she was actually supposed to end up, I'm like, okay, that's that's a nice coda to her yeah. life and, and story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that he ends up with Ramona, I, I think is probably the better ending that Knives sort of like... Because, you know, her identity was so wrapped up in being with Scott that it's nice to see her say that line of, you're too cool for me anyway, and know yeah. that she's now got her own self-esteem high enough to live on. And also own. it shows growth in, in you know, Scott, that he's ready for commitment. And for Ramona, you know, she, it's always been two weeks. Dated yeah. for two weeks, and that's that. And now finally, she it's, it's nice to see that it's her decision for that relationship to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, even giving Scott the out because it, you know it's reflective of her own self esteem yeah. despite yeah. all this. But that is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. We're we doing a rating. Bum, 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 bum. Yes, Star City rating because we definitely did not for Spaceballs because that's a five. Um, <laughs> uh, you'll notice that I immediately omitted that from Spaceballs for Cinematic Adventures because that movie's a five. All right. But uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, 
Uh, Ronnie, I'll have you go first. God darn it. Um, Rob, I'll have you go first. Mother flirking. No, I, I was going to go. I was Paul, go. you go first. I panicked. All right, I'm, I'm going to go give ahead. this movie a four. Um, I, again, visually, visually, it's great. Um, I, again, the pacing is great with this. You know, like like we've been saying, like you can quote this movie up, down, left, right, all day. Um, there's not too much to change other than the beginning is a little bit slow. Um, and again, for, for its time period, you know, it, 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 it suffers. If this came out today, this would be a box office hit, but it, it wasn't back in 2010, which is unfortunate. Um, you know, so I think I'm, I'm hoping that now that's in theaters, you know, this weekend it's gonna maybe it'll take make off. it make its budget back. Yeah, <laughs> it, it might because I mean, over the years it's definitely grown. Because you back in when this movie came out, you didn't didn't know about it, no. you know. But now I feel like more people have seen it, um, and I'm sure it's gonna make a good amount of money from coming back out. I hope so, Rob. I am going to say a little bit higher than you. Um, I can't go quite four and a half, so I'm going to split the difference at four and a quarter. It is not. When I used to do that, Paul oh, always used mad. to. He would he would always get mad at me. That's See, why I, I always go with the solid numbers because I would have said four do, and a quarter. Do you know why I can't get mad? Because I love this movie so much that the higher the rating, I'm fine. So See, I'm fine. I'm, then I changed mine to a four and a quarter as well. Can't change. Okay. It's too late. <laughs> I'm used to doing it on a ten scale because IMDb does it on on yeah. ten scale. So I I would normally rate this like I I, like I an would, eight five. I I put it at an eight on IMDb. Yeah. I actually do the ratings on IMDb. Um, I have my own list. Nerd. Nerd. Oh, stop! You would do it too Nerd if you wanted alert. to. <laughs> um, and I did give it eight out of ten, but I wish it could be just slightly higher. It's not quite a nine because. I do feel like the first half hour is way too frantic. Um, I wish that there was somewhere in the world a three-hour cut that gave it a lot more room to breathe because I think it's so tightly controlled by the fights. It's like, okay, what's here's number three, and now it's number four, and now it's number. And yeah. like I would like having read the comics now, it, it's lovely to see the time that's spent in between those fights with all the friend groups and the band yeah. and and all of their little issues that they have with one another. Like it, it the, the comics really do flesh out the the dynamics and all the relationships and I would love to see that uh, I know also you can't have you know a two hour movie for this is long enough I think too yeah um, and it does I will say that the movie does wear on me a little bit the longer it goes because it's just video game fight after video game fight after, and, yeah. and so I would like it to you know have some room to breathe but and my, like I said earlier you know Mar- Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Michael Sarah. Don't hit it a hundred percent of the time for me, but I'd say they they hit it a good eighty to ninety percent of yeah. the time for me. So that's why I want to give it four and a quarter. Paul, what about you? Mm, I give this a five. There, I think it I, is the no, best no, no, movie no, no. I have ever seen since Spaceballs. I give it, I give it a four point nine. I think it is wonderful because it's got video games. If it was a Marvel movie, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, see, no, I could do I, this um, too. <laughs> no, that's that's totally fair. This movie's tough because to to give a, a, a giving a five is a rarity for me. Um, Winter Soldier is the only movie I will give. A there, five. there's only a handful of movies that I will ever Which consider. Apparently, Spaceballs is in that handful. Spaceballs, I give a five to. Yes, wow. um, and he says that with full conviction. With by the full way. conviction. Um, but you see, when I give a when I give a high rating, 
it's it's not it's subjective, not objective. Mm-hmm. You know, when we do our mm-hmm. Star City ratings, they're they're completely subjective, and that's why like sometimes we'll we'll review the same movie and value the same parts of it, but like one of us will give it a you know it's a two point five. It's a totally average movie for me yeah. because you know A, B, and C. And I'm going, you know, same movie. I'm like, I like D, E, and F. So yeah. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, subjectively, my own personal opinion, this is a 4.5. It mm. is it is not a perfect movie, but this is, and I, I, this is how I gauge my movies. Can I put this on at any time or start it from any point and enjoy it and, and be totally, enga- this is not a movie that I just put on while I'm cleaning the house or doing something else. This is a movie that I really just I can watch at any yeah. time. So for me, this is a, this is a four point five. It is not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I will never tell anybody that. Obviously, when I first saw it, I might have told everybody it's not one of the best movies ever. But it's it, just the hype of it. Well, at it's that, easier, at that point. It's easier for me to say this is one of my favorite comic book movies, and in a world, especially now, of of hundreds of amazing comic book movies. You know, you got your End Games, you got your Civil War, you got easy, Rob. You got your Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like well, th- those are like those are all. We have these superhero yeah. epics to throw on something that's just about a slack. This is the most relatable comic yeah, book movie. It really is. Like this. This isn't. I took a Super Soldier serum and now I'm de- like. The whole point of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was not not being afraid to live up to to a to Captain America. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, what's wonderful about this too is the relatable aspect of it. Like when you look at the seven X's, like each of them almost they kind of represent different stages in the relationship status of everyone's life. Of like, yeah. you know, this is that one that was just a, a puppy dog crush. This is that one where you know I, I wasn't really sure who I was and I was discovering myself with them. Mm-hmm. Like it's I think, my rebellious phase. Yeah, like yeah. I think the three of us could probably go around the room with all of our evil exes (laughs) and we could probably cite i have no idea what you're talking about we could cite similar examples too in our you know in our histories so sure but uh i think that's gonna wrap us up for tonight uh before we go we do want to do a a nice big shout out to uh raise energy they've uh provided us with uh three ambassador packs for uh you know obviously if you guys don't know outside of doing this we're all very physically active people and to have uh, a supplement company that provided us basically with a ton of energy drinks that are all healthy and zero sugar and zero calories was just a big boon. And Definitely. Uh, we, uh, we've been enjoying it all week. I know my workouts Absolutely. have really been uh, – I'm even wearing their shirt right now. <laughs> and Ronnie's got <laughs> the really wristband. He really is actually. Yeah. yeah, and Ronnie's got his wristband. So, yes, um, I do. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, having, having our first uh, – people to work with and yeah. su- supporting our, our network and our podcast. And I know they, they've reached out to Melanie for Bibliophiles Assemble also. So awesome. uh, big thanks to Race Energy and uh, Rep Sports for uh, their awesome support of our network and our program. But if you guys would like to uh, interact with us a little bit more, you can find us on Facebook, which is uh, the Multiverse Fancast. You can also find our main site, which is the Misfit Faction. You can also follow us on the MisfitFaction.com and uh, our Instagram, our YouTube, all of it, Misfit Faction, Misfit Faction, Misfit Faction. And, Make sure um, you like, subscribe, comment on all of those. Yes, please and for, thank you for every like, for every comment, for every download, for everything, uh, every share. Uh, it really helps grow our network. We have a, a lot of things that we have planned. Um, we got our first T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, courtesy of Ronnie. So big thank you to Ronnie yeah. for uh, uh, the Misfit Faction T-shirts. We are planning a nice little giveaway uh, as soon as feasible. Yep. And uh, 
yeah, I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up for tonight. So a lot of good stuff down the pipeline. So please, if you guys uh, like what you hear, share it with other people, and uh, we'll keep the network growing and going. So as always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Rob. And we will be back in a flash. Smorgasbord. See ya. I was going to let you do it.